The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the, great, it is the city of the great king. And do not swear falsely by your own head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, o Christ. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. that's okay. She can still hear, so that's good. I've got a question for you, just like I normally do. Do you have any chores that you're supposed to do? Mm 
or anything that your parents ask you to do? Clean your room? Boy. Brady and Lily, do you ever have to clean up after yourself? Do you have to put away toys or anything like that? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, sometimes that happens too. Sometimes we have chores that we don't, we don't always like to do. And I'd like to tell you something too, that even as an adult, cleaning up is not my favorite. It's not my favorite. When I was your age, my parents told me all the time that I had to pick up toys, or that I had to put things away, or to put things back to where they came from. And sometimes it was kind of boring. I didn't always like it. But you know why they were doing that? No. No? My parents were doing that because it was going to help me. You see, when I learned how to do that myself without being told, I was able to do more and more and more things on my own. They were helping me grow up and to be a good adult. I think sometimes our parents teach us things or have us do things that might be difficult or not our favorite or even boring to help us later on. They help us grow up and they help us to become something that we're not right now, like good at putting things away. In today's text, Jesus has a lot of things that are super difficult for everybody, whether you're a kid or an adult or anywhere in between. And these things are really difficult. They're not so much as picking up and putting away, but they're like paying attention to what you say and making sure that it's good for you and for the other person. It's making sure that when you promise to do something or when you say you're going to do something, that you follow through with it. What is that thing around your ear? Oh, that's the microphone. Yeah. Jesus is telling us to do these things not because they're hard but because they help us be good. They teach us what it looks like to be good. They help us grow up. So this week, here's what I want you to do. If you're told to either clean your room or pick up toys or anything like that, I want you to remember that this is something that's good for you that helps you become something that's really, really good. And later in your life, if you ever hear God telling you to do things that are difficult, I want you to remember that too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Should we say a prayer? Mm -hmm. Let's say a prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks that each day you're trying to help us through our parents, and through our friends, and through the ones that take care of us. You're trying to teach us what it looks like to be made into beautiful human beings. Thank you for what we already are right now, and thank you for what we're becoming. Whether it's picking up toys or following you, help us to learn how to do it and do it well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we have a snack. One for her, one for him. You want to share? You can share. Okay. I might get one of one, one, each one of them. Okay.
one on the bottom. There you go. In the name of Jesus, amen. Do you remember the first time you were given very, very heavy responsibility? Do you remember the first time you were given a huge amount of responsibility? If you are willing to share some of those, you don't have to, but if you're willing to share what some of those situations were, what were some of those? <laughs> and they were one older and a bunch of four younger. Mm-hmm. And I had to make them do jobs. <laughs> as as one of as one of four myself. No, we don't, do we? Like, no, we don't listen at all. That's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot. Yeah. I think when I was sixteen, I was um, allowed to, but also given the responsibility of staying at our family's cottage. But I had to paint. <laughs> the, the, um, and it was raw wood it was yeah. not, it was, and, and also stained and put together a whole set of patio furniture wow it looks like a vacation doesn't it but it's not <laughs> yeah what else taking care of the chickens taking care of the chickens yeah it is both at the same time fun and kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Collecting, eggs. Collecting eggs. Same thing. Fun, a little bit annoying. Kind of scary sometimes, too. I'm 12, and my dad showed me how to use a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You feel really important, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, wow, I got to do this. <laughs> Wow. You, you feel proud to take on the role, and you also understand the weight. Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, my mother was pregnant with my little brother. And there was four of us girls. I did not get my driver's license. I had to get my driver's license and take care of the other three girls getting them when they were four different schools. Of course you were. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. As we took, I should probably share one too. That wouldn't be fair. I remember, um, similar to the lawnmower, the first time I was allowed to participate in the field work on the farm. And I remember, I think I told this story before, um, being allowed to drive the tractor, but my mom made me take a safety course first, and so she set up a little obstacle course, and I had to pass it, just like you do a driver's test, and a series of questions. Um, and it was stressed to me, I don't know how many times, that when, you're, when you are wielding tons and tons of metal, you need to be the most cautious caretaker for yourself and for the earth and for everything else around you, because it is not a small thing to wield. Literally and figuratively. As we took on these responsibilities, what were our feelings? Were we scared? Were we worried? 
Were we happy? A mixture. It's often a mixture, isn't it? I felt so proud to be driving that tractor. And I felt so worried to be driving that tractor. It was a thrill and a rush. And it was an anxiety-producing moment for sure. I believe that great weight and responsibility is given to us, not as a means to crush us, and not as a means to harm us, but as a means to help us become who we're becoming, to help us be changed into who we already are. I was not a farmer yet, but I was becoming one. You were not a painter yet, (laughs) but you're becoming one. You weren't a mother by any means. But getting there. We are being changed through these weights and responsibilities from one thing into another. And it is wonderful, I believe, to be able to see them as the grace that they are instead of only the fear that they might hold. In today's gospel, we have huge huge expectations placed upon us, don't we? We have a list of things that Christ is redefining or perhaps defining again for us. We have things that talk about divorce and we have things that talk about promises and we have things that talk about the way that we're interacting with one another. And as Christ goes through these things, the weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And it seems like it might crush us. Now, on the one hand, these weights are given to us through a lens, a lens that was written centuries upon centuries ago. This lens you might see in the divorce texts, right? Where the divorce seems to be talked about only from the male perspective. If someone should choose to divorce and it just assumes the wife, then you may give her a certificate of divorce, but I say to you that anyone who marries someone who's divorced and it assumes a wife commits adultery with her. This is a specific lens. This is a perspective. And while it is a lens that made a whole lot of sense at that point in time, I believe it might be a confusing lens for us now because the point of this is not to make sure that there are male and female divides inside of divorce, but it's to ensure that both male and female are treated with equal value. Equal value inside of society. We're to be worried, we're to be concerned about the relationship that we have. It's kind of like at the beginning, right? If you are going to make a sacrifice before the Lord your God, and you find that your accuser has something against you, lay that down and go to your brother or your sister and make amends. Did we hear that? It seems like what Christ is saying there, that the work that we do in some kind of religious rite or ritual, the work that we do as a part of our worship, the work that we do as a part of the temple, or I say even now as a part of the congregation, is important and yet comes second to the reconciling work that we do with one another. 
That's not how I was taught. I was taught kind of that threefold language of God first, others second, me third. But here's the God of heaven and earth saying, when you're on the way to do God first, make sure that you have done the others. Make sure that you have been in good relationship with one another. If not, work on that relationship. Do as much as you can for that relationship. When you're on the way to do God first, make sure that the way you're treating the people around you is good and is valued that lets them know through your actions and through your words that they are respected, that they are worthy of that respect. Make it like the God of heaven and earth sees them as your equal. Sees them as the good creation that they are. That's a huge weight. That's a huge responsibility for us to wield, to hold. And so I want to ask two things. First, how are we doing with this? We've been given this responsibility. We've been given this weight. I am not the first preacher to say these words. How are we doing? One brief second story. I'll tell you the story the first time I got the tractor stuck in the mud. I've been given weight and responsibility, and for years I had done it really well. And then I thought that I was going to do so well as to, you know, do more than I probably should. And so there was two wagons that I didn't put in the wet spot of the field, but someone did. And then they were filled, and I decided that I knew how to move them both. I was going to rock it back and forth until I got the good momentum and go it out. And you know what I did? I rocked it back and forth right into its own little grave. (laughs) And there it sat. And in Ohio, everything's flat, so you could see for miles this tractor in the middle of the field. (laughs) And there was no cover. There was no way I was going to hide this. So in I walk on the incredible, like, half-mile walk of shame all the way back to the house to now announce to my brothers and everybody else that I am sure was going to laugh at me. I have done wrong. (laughs) The tractor is stuck. It is my fault. Please help. And yes, they did make fun of me, but they also helped me out. They got me out, and they did not remove the keys from my hand, but they said, we're going to teach you how to do this. And they did not say I could no longer do this, but they encouraged me to do it again, to learn my way through of what it looks like to be stuck in the muck, of what it looks like to be stuck in a place that I thought I knew how to do this. When we are inevitably bad at this, It is not an encouragement to have this responsibility taken away, nor is it an encouragement to never try to do these things again or be good at these things again. It's an opportunity to learn through it what it looks like to be the human beings that we are. When we are bad at the relationships with those around us and when we're bad at keeping our word, it is an opportunity to stand up in the middle of a very flat place and say, everyone can already see what I am. So can God. And to announce before you, my brothers and sisters, the confession of who I am. That from time to time, my words do not mean yes when they should or no when they should. From time to time, my heart is not where it should be, nor is my eye or my hand. 
and then to have my brothers and sisters say to me and the God of heaven and earth say to me and to you that there is forgiveness and there is opportunity for change and teaching and growth. There's opportunity to become what we are becoming. I encourage you this week to not hear these texts as simple condemnation but as grace-filled expectation and opportunity to try to inevitably get stuck in the mud and to be graciously relieved so that we can try again. We try and we try and we try. And God weaves in that our change from glory into glory. This week, as these expectations ring in your ears, if the expectations are clouded by that lens that we talked about before, I pray that God is with you. And if these expectations are too much to even begin picking up, know that God is with you. If you have the momentum of doing this well, God be with you. And if you're struggling to hear the forgiveness, God be with you. In the midst of it all, may the God of heaven and earth be with you as we are changing into who we're becoming. God be with you. Amen.